Are you listening? Damn. I've heard of craft beer. You heard of that here. Uh-huh. A word is that clear. We prefer a glass near. Yeah. Local is best, so the rest barely spoke. Uh-huh. From farm to the brewery till it's pouring down your throat. Yeah. From Jasper to Lloyd, Fort Mac to the hat. Uh-huh. You are now at Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast. Yeah. Welcome to the Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast, a.k.a. the ACBCG. My name is Andrew, and I'm one of the people behind the Alberta Craft Beer Guide. Our goal is to grow the craft beer community by educating the interested and entertaining the entrenched. Our guest today is Ryan from Norseman. Uh, He's the head brewer over there. He's got a background in design. And a little known fact, he referred our designer to us for the Alberta Craft Beer Guide. So, Ryan, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. How are you? Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. So, I like diving into things. You know the format of the show. What makes Norseman unique? What makes Norseman unique? Well, what doesn't make Norseman unique? <laughs> um, so we are a brew pub inside of a nightclub, inside of a hotel, inside of the community of Camrose, Alberta. So that's pretty unique. You're, I don't think you're going to find that anywhere else. <laughs> and, and Camrose is what? Is it 13,000, 10,000? Last I remember hearing was 17,000. Mm. So that's a few years ago. Yep. But who knows? And, sorry, you go on. <laughs> yeah, and so we got, uh, you know, makes us unique. We got our beers, um, a lineup of four regular beers, a, a blonde, a red, a IPA, oatmeal stout, and uh, two rotating seasonal one-off brews on all the time. And I, I can keep say. going if you... Yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. go on. <laughs> um, so we're also a really small brewery um, in the in the... You know, when you think about scale, so we do 600 liters at a time of beer in one batch. And so we can take risks on small batches like that. So our uh, rotating and seasonal beers are quite often a little bit risky or mm. we're trying out new techniques, new ingredients, um, things that you may not see from a larger brewery. Yeah. And, and <laughs> to, to, it, for people who haven't been, I, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite breweries to visit. Uh, it's so ridiculous. I should mention too, that since it is inside of a nightclub, you show up on a Saturday night, um, and it is, the place is packed. It's shoulder to shoulder. It's, it's a rural (laughs) bar. It's a ton of fun. It's Uh, absurd. So my first experience, uh, everyone's like, oh yeah, Saturday at 1230, the place is packed. It's the place to be. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, that's way too specific. So, but multiple different people kept telling us this. So we showed up, I think it was 12, 10, 12, 15, and there was like maybe 20 people in the place on a Saturday night. We're like, there's no way. This place is dead. Like, this isn't happening. And lo and behold, by 1230, the place was absolutely packed. <laughs> and it was like a great time. It was a gong show. And Oh, it's awesome. And those yeah. people that weren't there before 1230, they're missing out because you got the whole bar to yourself, sit and drink beer. <laughs> it's also true. Very, very true. So <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've never been to a nightclub where there, you can see the brewery. Yeah, no, I've, this is the first one I've seen too. And then I think even on your website, you advertise that you can pull up a chair to like the glass walls and watch the brewer like brew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you have people do that yeah, when you're brewing? Once in a while, yeah. In the summer, we get that a bit because people will be traveling through with their motorhome or whatever. Yeah. And they've seen this thing on the internet. And so, yeah, I sit there and, or they sit there and I'm like a monkey behind a window, like, like dragon hoses and, <laughs> and uh, changing fittings and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Feel like you're on on display for a little bit, right? It's all right. I usually go out and say hi, just to, oh, okay. Kind of like you know, mediate the weirdness. <laughs> no signs that say "Do not feed the brewer" or anything like that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so talk about your your core. Like your beer is interesting because um, you've been in with them for 
five and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And they've been brewing for about almost, six. Yeah. I've been there almost six years, and uh, they've been brewing for about six and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you came in um, basically since the beginning. Yeah. Now, when you started off in the town of Camrose, as you can imagine, small rural Alberta town, most people would drink the light, you know, industrial lagers. Yeah. So you guys started off with a light lager. We had, yeah, a light lager, a red lager, and a wheat ale. And then, <laughs> what did you call it? It's, it's still the, the long ship? Yeah, it was long ship lager at the time. Now it's long ship. And now it's a blonde ale. It's a blonde ale. <laughs> yeah. How did you pull that one off? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, starting out, when we started, there weren't breweries in Alberta. We were one of maybe six or seven. And so the yeah. brewery was never intended to be a craft brewery. That really didn't exist at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we were making lagers because that's what people drank mm-hmm. and to supply our bar. And over the course of, oh, how long have we been doing that now? Maybe four years. It got to the point where we just couldn't keep up on the lager. Yeah. Um, if you know about brewing and lagering, it's you know maybe four or five times the amount of time needed to turn around a batch of lager as a batch of ale. Yeah. So we got to the point where we just couldn't do it anymore. And uh, I suggested, let's just try this beer as an ale. And uh, through some research, was able to get a yeast that would ferment out nice and clean, um, keep the attenuation up, and the beer would brighten up. And there was very small flavor change in the beer. Mm -hmm. And um, so we put it on, and we got great feedback on it. So we just kept moving forward that way. And then, like, I love, so again, unique. You guys keg your beer, but not much. Not, not a lot, no. Uh, and if it does, it's like the occasional one in Edmonton at Beer Rev. Uh, actually, it was on tap down in Calgary for our last beer guide launch. Yeah. At Beer Rev, which is kind of cool. Uh, so even in your restaurant, you're not kegging beer to pour because you have, there's the lounge, there's like the nightclub, bar, brewery, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the full restaurant too, and they're each pouring your beer. So talk about that, if you will. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, going back to when this first started, um, the the setup, the equipment setup was to serve the beer from the bright tank. The bright tank is where you move the beer after fermentation. It sits, it gets nice and clear, the flavor develops. So um, for almost up until now, all the beer was served out of those tanks. And we were running at such a capacity where we just couldn't keg beer to move to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we recently upgraded our equipment. We now have th- six lines instead of three. Mm-hmm. Um, the three new lines, they all run off kegs. And so there's a lot more kegging going on now. Um, but everything that was sold up until, uh, I think it was December of this year, mm-hmm. was sold out of the bright tank. So there's like a very complex setup where you pull the tap handle. There's a pump that pulls the beer out of the tank, through the ceiling, glycol cooled all the way and yeah. into the glass. Yeah. So there was never that step in between of putting beer into a keg. And how do you think that affects your beer? How do I think that affects it? Well, it's just that much fresher, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you put beer in a keg and, and no matter what, you have to move that keg around. Mm-hmm. So um, especially if you're moving it outside of our own building and then it's out of my hands. So I don't know like if that's temperature controlled. Yeah. Um, Nine times, well, almost every time it's perfect, or it should be. There's really nothing different about it. But sure. um, that beer right from the the tank is is something different. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I've, I've really noticed on the hoppy beers, um, the size of the keg will make a difference to the dry hop character mm. of the beer. So 
I've found that the 30 liter skinnier kegs, yep. the dry hop will fall out a little bit quicker than the 50 or 60 liter kegs. Interesting. So whenever um, I do a really hoppy beer, I put it in our big tank. So it's mm. like a 600 liter keg instead of a 60 liter ah, keg. Ah, apply yeah. the same principle. Interesting. Yeah. That's one of the things, again, for our viewers, our viewers, our listeners, <laughs> our, our ear listeners, um, <laughs> like to go to Camrose, I mean, I never thought I would just randomly go to Camrose. But we found out uh, you guys did an Oktoberfest last year and the year before. Yes. Um, I don't know if you plan on keep, keep keeping on doing that. But for, for me, if you can visit a brewery where it's a destination brewery that the beer is basically, well, for the most part, only available there. And you can stay in a hotel room, like, above the brewery. Yeah. Like, how are you guys not packed all the time? I just don't understand <laughs> this. <laughs> well, I guess we like to think of ourselves as a hidden gem. And, you know, Camrose is a destination for sports teams and conferences and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, but it's not really a place you think of just to go to on a whim, like you said. <laughs> and it's, what, it's like 45 minutes from Edmonton, though, isn't it? Yeah. What's, what's your commute time? Yeah. Um, a good... Maybe 50 minutes yeah. down Highway 21 um, yeah. from the from Anthony Henday. Yeah, it's not very long at all. Yeah, it's a little. It's a pretty little drive. You you know, it's a secondary highway, but it's like you know, farm fields and pastures. And oh, <laughs> absolutely! It takes the same amount of time to drive from the east end of the city to the west end of the city. True, as it takes to get uh, from the east end of the city to Camrose. Absolutely, yeah. So next time you're gonna travel the city for a beer, just go to Camrose, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Come out. You can stay too. It's a hotel. I know it's great, and the rates are like super reasonable too because it's a rural town. Like it's very reasonable uh for hotels so talking about you did your seasonals and I, I like this idea because we're seeing so many breweries in alberta that are rural and they start off they need to convert local customers i think people mm -hmm. are always willing to support local but they also need to be f comfortable and familiar with what they're drinking and then you mm -hmm. can kind of educate them over time which is why i wanted to touch on that lager story to the blonde ale but um as you started doing seasonals i remember you telling me this maybe a year and a half ago you were saying that the stout was like the most popular seasonal. And I'd never tried it before um, because you said it would sell out in like two weeks when you put it out. Yeah, it was crazy. And now it's a permanent, right? As one of your permanent, permanent four. Yeah. Um, so all different types of people are coming in to drink the stout. Like, do you notice a certain type of customer that's coming in or is it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a customer that'll come in and, you know, you can maybe peg them as a stout drinker or an IPA drinker. <laughs> but... That's not to say they're not going to try everything. You know, they might have one of everything, but they'll leave with a stout or somebody will leave with an IPA or someone will yeah. leave with a blonde. Yeah. Growler is what I'm talking about. Um, and it's cool to see, um, obviously, your IPA is one of your mainstays now. Did you ever think that was like a reality, being no. in Camrose? <laughs> no, no. So every, oh, this is, a, this is a good story. So we started doing the rotationals about the second year into it. We took off our wheat ale and replaced it with the Oktoberfest. That was the very first one. Ah, yes. And we had a big party. We sold all that in like two or three weeks. Hmm. It was insane. So um, after that, we decided, well, let's keep this going. And, and slowly over time, we, we stepped it up. So we went from, you know, an Oktoberfest, uh, a lager, yep. to a golden ale, mm -hmm. to a brown ale, to a pale ale. And over the years, we kept on pushing that limit a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, keep in mind that we're in a rural market. Yep. And so when we finally put on, you know, a 5% oatmeal stout, mm. you know, we're sitting around thinking, who is going to buy this <laughs> in Camrose? 
And it was, uh, we were completely blown away by the support we got for that beer. So then the next one was an IPA. And same thing, who is going to drink this mm-hmm. in Camrose? And again, blown away. We sold through all of it. So uh, we just kept going. And we repeated a lot of rotational and seasonal beers. And we introduced some new ones as well. And the, the response was always really good. Yeah. So why don't you talk about, um, you have a, a New England IPA. It's out now or it's coming out or wh- wh- where's that at and how did it come up and who'd you collaborate with and what was the story there? Yeah, so it's out in Camrose right now. It's at the bar and it'll be in the city here shortly. I don't know when this podcast is going to go ah, a few weeks. Um, on the internet. But uh, yeah, so they're going to see it in Edmonton. You're going to see it in Calgary and I believe Lacombe as well. Nice. Um, and Lacombe, because it's a collaboration beer we did with Blind Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a New England style rye IPA. Yeah. So uh, with some help from Adam at Blind Man, uh, the creative genius that he is, we worked <laughs> together, built this recipe, and it's uh, this hazy new style of IPA, typically done with wheat, um, but we thought we would do it with rye since we're here on the prairies. and. Not to toot my own horn, but this beer is amazing. Um, It's like nothing I've ever tasted before, and it's probably like no other beer you've ever had before. So if you get a chance, for sure, make like come out and try it. It's it's mind blowing. Pack a few growlers. You can do growlers for all the beers too, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Our growler program's huge. I may or may not have had a taste in a fully licensed area in Red Deer a few weeks ago. So I don't know anything (laughs) about that. It's a really good beer. I'm excited to uh, actually dive into a pint of that. And since we're talking about Neo Norseman and everything, uh, we'll get into your story right away. I can't get over the happy hour that you guys have at, was it the Gravity Lounge in, in the hotel? Yeah, Gravity Lounge. So typically when people have a happy hour, it's like, you know, if a pint is seven bucks, maybe it's six bucks or something like that. Or they'll do half off wings on like a Wednesday or something like that. <laughs> do you want to dive into what you guys do at the Norseman just for like extra incentive to go uh, go for a trip? Oh yeah, I mean I don't know all the details because I'm not I'm not as involved with the like the bar and Fair restaurant enough. side of it. Fair enough. Um, I I don't actually even know the price of a pint of beer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think it's I think at happy hour it's five fifty or five dollars right, yeah. something like that. It's a Pretty screaming deal. 20-ounce pints. Yeah, 20-ounce pints. None of this American 16-ounce pint BS. Or other restaurants pouring 13-ounce pours or whatever the hell. Anyway. And then, um, (laughs) again, I'm not sure the days. I think maybe it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday is free chicken wings, and then Tuesdays and Wednesdays are free ribs. It's something like that or the other way around. I can't remember the the exact details. But the point is, it's not like like half off this. It's free. Free, yeah. It's like after four o'clock or whatever. So uh, yeah, I think a normal pint was like six or six fifty, and it's on for like five fifty. I think so, yeah. And then I remember the first time we sat down in the lounge, it was like, <laughs> you know, it's a rural bar, right? Like the, the Gravity Lounge, aside from where the breweries. And there's like all these they, like reclining chairs on rollers and like carpet, and we sat down, and the waitress just handed, she just sat down. A bowl of chips. It was oh, like yeah. house cut potato chips. House made potato chips every day. Yeah. yeah. And they're so good. And they're just, just, they're just, here you go. What can yeah. I get you to drink? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get a beer. And then they also have popcorn in the lounge. You just help yourself for, yeah. you know, popcorn. And then they're like, oh, today's happy hour special is, yeah, free wings or free ribs. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, Where I'll, am I? I'll give you a little tip <laughs> about, um, like, these kind of hotels with the banquet rooms and the big kitchen. Is mm. they're making huge meals every day? Mm-hmm. So when you know when you order something, you get it, it's fresh. Like if you yeah. order a, a beef dip or something, um, I know for a fact the Norseman makes their 
gravy every single day. It's yes. real gravy. Yep. Yeah. You, and you, don't, you just it, don't though, find dude. that a lot of places. Yeah. And it's like, look, it, it shouldn't be that good, but it is. It yeah. actually is that good. And uh, yeah, I've eaten a lot of it. <laughs> you got to do your research, right? <laughs> you got to make sure the standards are high. Uh, so yeah, I'm just blown away by that. So I'm excited to uh, to be visiting again. It'll be my third visit to the old Norseman. So let's get into your story a little bit. How did you get into beer? Because you kind of have a design background and you didn't yeah. study beer per se. Let's hear your story. You want to talk about how I got into beer or how I got into brewing? Yeah, so first of all, if you, if you want to dive into, you know, because everyone had, kind of has one of those moments or a few moments where you yeah. realize if you don't like beer or it's just macro beer and you realize there's like a gateway beer or kind of one of those moments you're like, oh, I enjoy this type of thing. Yeah. And then also how it led to a career in brewing. Well, my, I guess my beer story is I don't really have like one particular beer, one particular moment that I was like craft beer. As <laughs> um, soon as I was old enough to go to the liquor store and buy my own beer, mm-hmm. I always bought something different. And then uh, right after school, right after high school, I moved to Calgary. And uh, in Calgary, you drank Big Rock. That was just what you had. So um, I was drinking a ton of Grasshopper when mm-hmm. I was out at the bar. Yep. And then I lived a couple minutes from the Willow Park Liquor Store. Oh, yeah. And so going in there, I mean, there's just like everything yeah. that I had never seen before. And just like with no no preconceived idea of what craft beer was, mm-hmm. I was just buying beer. So I was buying like macro premium sure. beer and i was buying of course lots of big rock because that was calgary's beer yeah but i remember they had rogue and i remember um it's tree brewing out of Kelowna. Mm-hmm. and there's several beers along the way that i could probably say that had a major influence on me but there was never just one like aha sure. moment yeah. yeah you want to name a few standouts in case anyone can relate to those or yeah okay <laughs> so um wild roses velvet fog Oh yeah, they had on uh, had on tap at the chicken wing place that we used to go to. Nice, and so that was like an early one of like, whoa, beer can taste like something else. Mm-hmm. Um, the tree head or sorry, tree brewing hop head was kind of the first IPA that I had like real IPA I'd sure. ever had. So that was like, I bought a lot of that. Um, the next big IPA I had was the Phillips Rye IPA. Mm. Krypton maybe Kryptonite Kryptonite something like that anyways that was like whoa okay and then the cherry porter that Wild Rose does oh yeah yep yeah they bring it out every winter I believe right yeah yeah and after I left Calgary too I moved back to Camrose okay and then I was doing my Sherbrooke runs. So again, before I knew what craft beer was, I was drinking like you knew the, where to get the good beer. <laughs> yeah, the Kuna Glugvig, um half was a was a real favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably it. And then and then at that point, I was like, oh, craft beer, like that's what that's what I've been drinking this whole time. And yeah. now I have a, a label for it. Yeah, um, I think eventually we're gonna shift away from this craft beer title to just good beer or local beer or just beer. Well, I think that's and the future And then I think everything all. else, like the industrial loggers, will, that will be the title. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm excited for that day when that <laughs> finally rolls around. So you're in Calgary and you're doing design in Calgary? Yes. And yep. then you move back to Camrose? Move back to Camrose to take a different design job. Okay. Yep. Uh, how did how I... How does <laughs> brewing how did that, in a nightclub in a hotel <laughs> come into the picture? Into <laughs> so my first introduction to brewing was I was hired to do the original labels for the beer to design them Mm -hmm. and i mean this was like a dream job for me in my 
uh, mid twenties. Oh, I was yeah. like, finally a beer label. And uh, from there, so I met the owner of the brewery, and a couple weeks later, he was looking for an assistant brewer. The uh, the current uh, head brewer at that time, uh, he was a semi-retired guy, and uh, he was finding maybe a little bit more work than he wanted. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like. I'll take that job. <laughs> and then I was assistant for a year. Um, Lynn Clark, the previous brewer, he uh, fully retired, went traveling, and so I took over from there. Wow. So you yeah. basically got an internship. Pretty much, everything, yeah. And then <laughs> took the reins right pretty quick. Yeah, I went out to BC and did some training with a uh, brewery out there. And Oh, yeah? Yeah. Can you name said brewery? Or yeah, for that? sure. It's Freddy's <laughs> Brew Pub. Uh, the brewer there is Jack Clark. Oh, yeah? And he is like... Um, Jack is awesome. Is it the Bowling Alley Brewery? It is yes. the Bowling Alley. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> which I think is like the next most brilliant idea for a brew pub. Yes. Brew pub and a bowling. And pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, right? Yes. Uh, and Jack has like, a, I don't know, decades of experience as head brewer, master brewer for you name it. Yep. And so, um, yeah, his attention to detail and... And technique definitely rubbed off on me a bit. Yeah. Let's talk about some cask beer. So most of your beer, I don't know if you have a number on it. Is it like 98% is consumed on site? I would say, at I would say maybe like 90. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, I don't know. Oh, I guess you do have accounts. We do have accounts cameras. around, around cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to push our way into more and more places. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of our product is served in house. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really, we have, don't have a lot of accounts because we don't want to sell ourselves short yep. on beer. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. You, and, and I mean, I'm sure you get new customers, obviously people traveling, visiting, um, cause it is a hotel, it is a destination, mm-hmm. but you must have, I mean, I met, uh, well, I've <laughs> met Kevin a few times now <laughs> and he's like, what, uh, manager or night manager or something like that. Kevin Brown. Yeah. yeah he's part of the night management team. And he'll go through the place and he'll know everyone. Oh, yeah. And so you obviously have this core base of just regulars that are in there once a week, every day, or what's some of them every day, <laughs> some of them a couple times a week. Um, again, I'm, I'm not in there. I know you're behind the scenes. I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> so I don't know every single I, I try to pop out and, and introduce myself and sure and uh, give away some free samples of beer, but um, I'm, not, I'm not doing that as much as I'd yeah. like to. Wait, I think it's a testament, though, that. You know, we talked about earlier, like my second office's situation. It's just the brew that I'm at, you know, um, a lot. And uh, I think that speaks volume to the establishment you have. If you have, you know, good beer and good food is that you have this loyal, consistent following. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, and they're thirsty too. They're drinking a lot of beer, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I wish I could remember all the numbers to tell you how many liters um, we move. I I can tell you from when, before we were a craft brewery, I think they were selling two or 300 liters worth of macro beer through the taps. Mm-hmm. And now, so that's in a month. And now I think we're doing, uh, I can't remember. It's like 3,500 or 4,000 liters. Yeah. It might even be more than that now. <laughs> yeah. That's numbers from a few years ago. Yeah. I remember the story from, from Sean talking about when they started making their own beer, not only obviously you, you know, your, your margins go up, but their volume just went through yeah. the roof. Which I is think incredible. even this past year we were up something like, 7,000 liters over the, pers- the previous year. 7,000 liters. Yeah, wow. in production and sales. Wow, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's yeah, really cool. Huge. That's really, really cool. So uh, homebrew, do you want to talk about this kind of homebrew setup that we were touching on earlier? 
Oh, just the pilot setup? Yeah, 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 homebrew setup, pilot setup, I guess you'd call it. It's not so much a homebrew setup because I don't actually get to... It's brew. not for homebrew. <laughs> it's not for homebrewing. It's, uh, um, I live a ways away from the brewery, so I do my piloting at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I got all new kit and something that I haven't really had time to do in the past. And now, again, I have that opportunity to experiment and you know dial in the recipe and um, try some crazy stuff that I think that people in cameras might go for. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you can touch on? You have some ideas of what you'd like to create or? Oh man, I got some crazy ideas, but I don't want to talk too much about it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can I, can I ask this? Would you ever do a sour? Do you think Camrose is ready for something like that? Like a kettle sour or? I'd like to pilot a sour yeah. and just put it on, uh, maybe do, you know, a couple kegs and see, see what, they, see what happens. See how they respond. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a pretty, I, I, I think sometimes we, we overestimate how conservative to play it. Yeah. And, yeah. but we can over also overestimate how radical to be. Mm-hmm. And so sour, it's definitely catching on. I mean, you look at places like situation here in town, how much, um, they got two on right now. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> and you know, for a lot of people, that's like, you would assume that would be an offensive style of beer, but mm-hmm. once you try it, it's like, it's refreshing. Yeah. It's perfect for a hot day. Yeah. 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 So yeah. there might, that might come. You never know. You never know. And then talking about, you know, reach and expansion, uh, I don't know if you can touch on this or not, but I'll ask. Do you guys plan on expanding more to the point where you can start having, you know, more accounts like Edmonton and, and other bigger regions? Is yep. that in, in the in the future? Or? No, that's in the plans. The push is on. Um, in 2016, the last half of 2016, we doubled the size of our brewery. We doubled our production. Yep. And uh, we doubled our product offerings. So uh, we're just in this growth phase right now where we're trying to figure out all the details of how um, how this is all going to work so that mm-hmm. we can promise beer to accounts and we can uh, still serve beer ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, so it's coming. Yeah. And then is it the plan to stay with kegs or do you plan on doing the, like the canning or bottling route? Um, uh, we've experimented a bit with bottling. Yeah. Um, it's all, I mean, we talk about it all the time. And yeah. So, <laughs> so these things may come. Sure. Um, Right now, we're focusing on the kegs, uh, get kegs moving in and out. But uh, definitely, I would love to have beer in cans. Oh, yeah. That'd be yeah. incredible. Absolutely incredible. So let's jump. Where was I going to jump to? Let's jump. Uh, I mentioned it in the intro that um, you know Tyson was referred to us. So our designer for the Alberta Craft Beer Guide is a good friend of yours. Yeah. Long time friend. Yeah. Um, and I remember it, you know, we were looking for a designer when we had like most of our content was together. Um, we knew the next step was get a designer because we needed a design so we could, you know, sell our sponsorships to actually launch the guidebook. And I think we met it, you know, I saw you a beer rev or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, just like, I was asking anyone I could think of like, who do you know that's a designer? Who do you know? Who do you know? And you're like, Oh yeah, I got a couple design people and I'll see what happens. And quite a few people had said the same thing, but then nothing comes of it. Like they just forget or they, you know, whatever doesn't work out. And I think it was like two weeks later, you sent me a note. You're like, oh, yeah, uh, sorry, I've been busy, which I know you are. Right? You're making all this beer. Um, you're like, I got this guy, Tyson. Like, you know, he's great. You should give him a call and, and see what's up. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship because the compliments on our guidebook are just like every day people see it and they're like, wow, this is really nice, and I'm in design, and I know good design, like again and again and again. So we love Tyson for that, 
and we give them full credit. I say, yes, our, our, our designer is absolutely amazing. And you, you were touching on that, you know, you designed the original labels. Yeah. And um, so is that kind of like, you know, would you like to do like can design in the future if that ends up being, or are you doing like keg labels or <laughs> what would you like to see um, happen with that endorsement? In well, I mean, I've been doing it all as we go. Sure. But as uh, production increases, my time becomes more and more limited. Sure. And uh, as a designer, even that with that background, I kind of want someone else to do it to get a third person's perspective mm. on that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can provide all the design briefs and that, but um, as the beer reps around will know, selling beer is just more than having great product. Yeah. You have to have an image. You have yep. to have all the stuff behind it, and um, the the way that I, I tell, told Tyson was, you know, I'm thinking triple IPAs when a lot of the market is wrapping their head around Blondale. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's good to have that like third, third person view of, of who you are to help you sell your product. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so let's talk about this. What would you like to see happen in Alberta beer? Because you've been in it, you've really been in it since the beginning. I mean, the boom in Alberta Early beer on, really started yeah. taking off. Were you guys the, I know you were trying to figure this out, the seventh or the eighth brewery in the province? Something like that. We were the, so the only brew pubs at that time were the Brewster's Chain. Yeah, Big Rock. Um, oh, I guess brew pubs. Yeah, Brew yeah, pubs, yeah. Um, Banff and Jasper. Uh, oh, and Canmore. Um, yeah, yeah. Grizzly and Bob. then there was uh, Big Rock, Alley Cat, and um, Amber's, I think was at yeah, that time. Yeah, because you guys would have opened before Yellowhead then, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that, and then there was us. Wow. So what's my, what's my vision for beer in the future? Yeah. I mean, well, if you want to dive in a little bit, you know, of kind of some big changes you've noticed, cause you've been a, I mean, I haven't been a consumer mm-hmm. of craft beer as long yeah. as you have. I really only got into it. Maybe, I think maybe it's four years coming up this summer, really like consuming and spending money and being involved. Yeah. Um, well, in those early years, there was a lot of selling pints one by one over the counter, talking to customers, um, telling basically the same story we tell now about, you know, it's Alberta barley, it's, you know, Canadian hops, it's the whole thing. This is a really true local product. Um, and then over time, you know, like maybe three years, it was, it was a battle with, you know, so many pints. And then I guess within the past two years, the the level of consumers' uh, knowledge on beer mm-hmm. and willingness and openness to try something new has, um, I mean, it's probably 10 times what it was four years ago, five years ago, at least yeah. in our rural market. Absolutely. And so it, it gets a little bit easier to tell that story, um, like we talked about earlier. So with the rotational beers and Camrose, uh, we would do, for four years, we did five rotational beers a year. And my goal was always six and could never do it. And then uh, 2016, I lost count at 12. Nice. I don't know how many how many rotational beers we did. It was yeah. just like that, like overnight. That's amazing. That's very cool. And it, like you said, to double your tap. Because, yeah, the last two times we were there, it was always uh, the Longship, Blonde, uh, Eric the Red. Eric the Red. Obviously a Red. And then actually the last two times we were there, it was for Oktoberfest. The first time we were there, they had the Oktoberfest beer. The second time we were there, uh, I think you guys ran out of it or the timing yeah. didn't work out or something. Um, and you had the IPA, and I was blown away by that one. Yeah, and that's kind of been the theme for the past year is we're, like, missing. You know, we missed Oktoberfest with the Oktoberfest beer because we put it on, and it was gone. Like yeah. the, the popularity of that beer in particular, too, was just, like, 
unbelievable. Yeah. It's we were a- getting requests for kegs of that like three weeks before it was brewed. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so maybe again in another, you know, couple of years, you'll go from, you know, you did your three lines to your six lines. Maybe you'll have to I hope <laughs> upgrade so. again, right? That'd yeah. be very cool. Um, so yeah, talking about the vision and moving forward, you have great insights into the beginning of the industry. You've, you know, grown it and contributed to the growth, you know, in your own way, um, being in Camrose. Um, what would you like to see happen, you know, moving forward in Alberta beer? Well, I think ultimately we want Alberta beer to be the beverage you drink when you go out anywhere. And so I guess that means more breweries, more production, more um, marketing. And um, I hate I hate to say educating the consumer because I don't feel like a consumer needs to be educated, but more of just telling that story of Alberta beer and really driving home that this is a local product. Mm-hmm. Um, being out in Camrose at the Norseman Inn Hotel, it's a very popular place for um, the farm community around Camrose to come and have lunch. And I, I talk to people who grow malt barley all the time and so when i get to connect them the grower i take them through the brewery show them the product that they've grown and they can taste it and then serve them a beer of that Mm -hmm. to to keep telling that story that full circle story this is a real alberta product it doesn't get any more alberta than this absolutely yeah absolutely and have you you've done a bit of traveling to different beer markets and different communities Oh yeah, I've been all over the place. So what what do you think uh is there anything that you've seen in other markets that you think Alberta is just missing out on or is it like getting soon if you yeah, will? Yeah, <laughs> I mean you go to like the big beer meccas where there's brew pubs and breweries all over the place and I I would like to see that kind of be the next step for Alberta. Um places in the states and such where there's, you know, it's a community of 600 people and then there's a there's a brewery that services just that community. And it's like a gathering place, a meeting place for the for the whole town. Yeah, um, I don't see why Alberta isn't doing that. Um, I mean, I guess there need, maybe needs to be a shift in mentality, or mm-hmm. or just more um, information and more knowledge shared with the whole province. Yeah, but it to me it doesn't make any sense when we make this product here to pay good money to have that money go off to um, another province, another country across the ocean somewhere. Like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's great for, we've always preached this too, is like we try to support as many local businesses as possible. Those mm-hmm. are the majority of our sponsorships and our distribution points for our guidebook are all local and independently owned. Mm-hmm. And we understand that it's not just, yeah, it's beer and we love it. It's great, you know, but it's it's a, there's the economics of it too. You keep the money in the community. And when you give your money to a local, you know, or a farmer spends his money in your brew pub and you take that money and buy more Alberta grain with it or Canadian hops. And, exactly. And employ, you know, local people to serve more beer because they have six taps and you're busier and all those things. right? Yeah. It's and it just keeps that circle. whole thing moving. And then me as the brewer one day when I need to get my car fixed or I need to uh, go out in the community and get a service, then I return that money to Absolutely. to those people. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that's, that's what's going to make us all better off, right? Yeah. So do you know anything about... Um, the distillery that's in Camrose now, is it open yet? It's I, open. I don't, yeah. have, have you had their stuff? Have you talked to them at all? Is it in your hotel or do you know that much about it? <laughs> um, I, I know that they've talked to them in the hotel. Sure. Um, their hours are a little, they're the same hours as my hours at oh, the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't had a chance to go out and visit them yet. Fair enough. Um, but uh, my knowledge is they have two products. They have a, um, uh, it's called WTF, uh, Wintertime Frost. It's just mm-hmm. a white uh, spirit. Yep. 
And then they have um, an apple Betty flavored spirit, which I assume is like an apple cinnamon thing. I, I haven't okay. tried it yet, so yeah. I, I maybe shouldn't even speak on that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you never know. It could be you know a beer cocktail. You guys could combine something, or I know some some breweries in the past have used you know different spirits inside of like a one-off cask or something like that. I don't know if that's an idea that's floating in your head yet, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the intention has been go out and visit these guys. Um, because I, I want to do something together. Like that'd be a really cool collaboration. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I don't know the legalities of, of that. Or sure. Yeah, we can we can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but that out. again, it's another local business that you know. Why not have some fun together and, and create a product and tell our stories at the same time? Yeah. So I was going to touch on the way that you you know talk about. There's so many other regions. Again, for people who've traveled to big beer centric cities, you can just walk you know, five, six, 10, 20 blocks and see five, six, 10, 20 breweries sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a slight little plug for our own, you know, beer guide interest, but maybe, you know, you'd like to be on board for this too. Uh, We're looking at doing some kind of like walking um, pub crawl for our next beer guide launch and to do something where like, you know, if it's not this summer, maybe it's next year or maybe it's in the future or whatever, but um, eventually we've got Situation Beer on White Ave and in the community, you know, to the east, we'll have uh, Blind Enthusiasm should be open by the time this podcast is uh, on the air. <laughs> um, and then Polar Park is in the works, you know, slightly to the west. Um, you know, I just think that would be incredible to have that type of even just three. You know, we don't even have yeah. two that you can walk to in Edmonton yet, but to have three hopefully by the end of the year would change things. Um, for Camrose, is there any talks about another brewery? Have you heard any things? And, you know, do you think there's enough room for two? Or I don't three? know. There, there's always whispers, <laughs> right? But uh, Camrose being the small community is, it is, is full of rumors and, yep. and gossip. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been whispers. Is there room for two? I guess so. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Um, there's a good population there, and there's a lot of university students drink beer. There, I mean, I think every community has room yeah. for two right and yeah. and you specialize in different things you share uh you share some market and some market you know people are really gonna like your style and you know other people are really gonna like somebody else's style mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think it's you know you're starting to see it in the i don't know you want to say mid-sized cities like lethbridge mm-hmm. has two medicine hat has two grand prairie has two i know they're all a lot bigger than <laughs> than cameras of course but you know for a small community like edgerton they've got ribstone creek yeah there's like 400 people who live in the town, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they have the highest per capita of breweries per thousand people, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, I always say, you know, competition's good for everyone because it brings out the best in everyone. Not that you guys aren't already making great beer, of course, um, but you just stick true to what you're doing and, and innovating, and you're always going to create a following from that. Yeah. Um, and well, it, yeah. When we're all really, you know, the way I see it, we're all in this together. Yeah. Fighting for that piece of the pie from the big guys. Yep. And as long as we're all working together, I mean, yeah, bring it on. Let's get some competition because it just raises the boat for everybody. It raises the level of beer. Um, it, it raises the, you know, the market. You mm-hmm. Get your story out to more people. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, and I think, you know, Calgary is a great example. They've got, I think, as of now, 15, 16 active breweries in the city with another <laughs> 15 uh, or 20 yeah. in planning. And... You know, uh, I was reading an article um, in the U.S. They're talking about, you know, the growth of the industry is slowing down, but it's mm-hmm. slowed down to 9%, and it was at 18% a couple of years ago for two consecutive which, years. Let's which, let's remember, those are outrageous numbers from five years unsustainable. ago. Unsustainable, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just absurd, right? And anytime you have a small number and, you know, double it, you go, oh, my God, we grew so much. But, you know, this is the way the world used to be. It used to be, 
you know, we had 4,000 breweries in, in the 1880s, 1890s in the U.S. And now we're over, yeah, now we're over uh, 5,000 with like another 1,000 opening this year is what they're planning. But on the backside, they're also talking about, you know, uh, 79 breweries closed last year and there was 59 or something the year before, which is bound to happen. And eventually in Alberta, the same thing will happen. But yeah. I think if you, I think what I really love, you know, about the experience of the Norsemen is, Yes, it's great beer. Yes, it's great food. But there's good people there. It's just like a good vibe. Yep. You know what I mean? It's a good experience overall. And that's why we'll happily preach, you know, go visit <laughs> Norseman. We're going to be there. We love hanging out there. And Yeah, it's a pretty cool place. I mean, and it's in a small town where you get that kind of small town charm. People are smiling at you. People are, are you know, let's say hi on the street. And, uh, you know, we got a pretty close-knit team in the bar and in the brewery and in the whole hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and if you see me there, if you're in... Camrose and you stop in the Norseman and you see the uh, the bearded guy behind glass in the bar, make sure to tap on the window and say hi. I'd love to have you come in and, and show you what we're doing. Yeah, it's very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, anything else you'd love to let the people know of Alberta beer drinkers and listeners? Anything else you'd like to tell them? No. Well, I guess just talk to your friends that don't drink craft beer and get them drinking craft beer. Yeah. That's the best way to, that's the best way to, to get this message out. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, do it. I mean, don't force them to drink a, a you know, like a quad or something right off the bat but <laughs> yeah. there's plenty of good uh there's no shortage of great craft beer in this province that isn't extreme yep yeah and there's lots of breweries who are doing a great job of you know i don't want to say emulating the big beer but it going in a similar style but with some more substance and with obviously quality ingredients minus the rice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's good to, to start people with what they're already interested in like, like what you guys did with the, the drinkers and cameras is slowly introduce them and, and grow and push the boundaries. It's really cool. Really, yeah, really cool. Awesome. So uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for joining us today. It was a great little chat. Um, you can find our Alberta Craft Beer Guide on Twitter and Instagram at AB Beer Guide. And Norseman, you can find at Norseman Brewer, I believe. Norseman Brewer on yeah. Twitter, Norseman on Brewer. Instagram, yeah. and NorsemanBrewing.com. Perfect. Check it out, and cheers. This has been a production of Screaming Batson Studios.